Welcome to Night Court, another edition of the podcast where you can get wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, review, send us messages. You can do that on Twitter at Night Court 22. You can follow me at The Fish Nation. I'm Rob Fisher. He is Brevin Knight. You can get him on Twitter at Brevin Knight 22. Hello, BK. What's up there, Roberto? We're not outside today. No, we're, we're, but we are in a new place for us. Yeah, this is kind of neat. We're, uh, we're on the floor at the FedEx Forum. We, we haven't been here in over a year. Yeah, it's nice to touch it. I just hope we don't get thrown out here in the middle of the podcast. I guess they, they can't throw us too far because they need someone to call a game. But that's it's, true. it's all that's about true. supply and demand. That's true. Hey, get back in your booth! <laughs> um, because we are here, we, are, we have a couple of special guests that we're going to say hello to. Yes. Pete Pranica, the television voice of your Memphis Grizzlies and the host of a podcast himself. Hello, Pete. That's right. That's right. Now that I've been on your podcast, you need to be on my podcast, and everybody can be on everybody's podcast, and everything will be really good. In the name of the podcast? The name of the podcast is The Grizz Weekly Grind, wherever you get podcasts. Coming up next episode, Mike Breen of the New York Knicks. Oh, oh one of heavy, the heavy, hitter. Heavy, heavy hitter. Heavy hitter. Heavy, heavy hitter. We, you guys are our heavy, you're our heavy hitter, partner, for, for what we do on the night court. This is as deep as we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going even deeper. Uh-oh. Also with us, the great, the talented Corey Ventura Harland, who joins us. I don't have a podcast, though. You don't have a podcast. I want to advertise yeah, but, 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 yeah, but you're, you're, you're a TV star. On the oh, network of the stars. There you go. Exactly. So you're, I you're good. I listen to all your podcasts. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? Fantastic. I'm thriving. Are you thriving? <laughs> wow. <laughs> We've never had someone thriving that's, on this show. That's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a first. I've never had anybody oh, thrive man. on a podcast. <laughs> Man. I'm thriving. Thriving. All right. Um, that's it for Corey. Thanks, Corey, for coming. <laughs> just One and done. Way to, way to just, you know. We appreciate you stopping by. Make us all feel bad. Um, all right, I'll ask you all if you watched. Corey, did you watch the NCAA championship game? No, because you were sleeping. Okay. Yeah, she gets up early. She's got to be up at 3 a.m. All right, so Corey, hold on. I did the 11-0 run. I saw right at the first at the top of the game. Oh, yeah, it was over. That was it. You, you didn't. And then I was like, okay. It was unbelievable. Baylor was amazing. They were great from start to finish. They were just a, a dominant team, played their best game of the year in the national championship game. Well, they always say that guard play is always huge in tournament basketball. And you couldn't have gotten any better guard play than what Baylor was able to put forth. I mean, they had four guards that if there was a switch opportunity, they took the big off the dribble or pulled up for a jump shot or Vital was on the backboard for every offensive rebound. Uh, just Gonzaga couldn't, they couldn't even make the correct adjustments because when they went to trying to show and get back, the rotations weren't there because they weren't accustomed to doing it. Uh, you give Baylor all the credit. They went out there and manhandled a team that was undefeated for the season, had really done a good job of going through the entire year, except for the UCLA game, of dominating their opponents, and they just got outplayed. The only thing that was interesting about the championship game was how impressive Baylor was. Yes. Because yes. the, game, the game was trash from the get-go. It, it, yes. I mean, if you had money on Gonzaga, and let me tell you something, Pete, I know. <laughs> what you? It was over. Fast. Real fast. It was. It was. And at about halftime, I said, you know what? I got other things to do because I know where, <laughs> I know where this is headed. It's good to know that Baylor's football team lets the basketball team in the weight room. Mm -hmm. I mean, Baylor, yeah. looked, you know, Baylor looked like they had several uh, football tight ends playing for them. You no, know, they, they, they were very impressive. And one of the things that bothered me were so many people saying, 
well, you know, Gonzaga had to be emotionally drained after the UCLA game. Yeah. There's a little bit of truth in that. Baylor was far and away the better team on Monday night. And I don't care if Gonzaga had rolled UCLA, I think the result would have been exactly the same. Baylor played as well as you could possibly play. It, it, not an upset the way you think of Villanova over Georgetown, but I remember Villanova beating Georgetown when that was a major upset, and Villanova played probably the perfect championship game. Baylor was right there in the same category. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the game against UCLA that night, UCLA could have beaten any team in the country. Yes. I thought they were that good, yes. and I thought Gonzaga was that good. What a game that was, and, you know, I, I, I hate the recent is the best, but, boy, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a phenomenal game. I mean, from start to finish, it was close, tight, and it was amazing. Well, the thing that I took away from it was the score of the game was 90-88 to 88 with two with a team that didn't want a fast break. They wanted to slow the game down, UCLA, yeah. but they still scored 88 points. Mm-hmm. And so that just speaks to if you can execute, if you can run your plays, it's not just about running up and down the floor, trying to shoot as many shots as quick as you can shoot. It's about being efficient in what you're trying to get accomplished. Yeah, um, Stanford women. Whew, fantastic one. I mean, the ending wasn't great. They didn't, they didn't finish the game well at all. But I just want to tell people, for a team that had no home for three quarters of the season, to be able to play on the road for every game that they played until the last month when they finally were able to play at Maples Pavilion, to be able to have that run still in the NCAA tournament, it almost got them ready for the NCAA tournament because they were always at another site. Yeah. So to be at the tournament away from everybody, they have been accustomed to it. But Tara Vanderveer has done a great job for 100 years. I don't know, she seemed like she's been to school coaching basketball forever. And so um, just to get them to be able to deal with adversity and still come out and beat, well, I thought South Carolina was a phenomenal team all year, to beat South Carolina and then to have to beat Arizona for a third time in a year, which is very hard mm-hmm. to beat teams. Three times in Also one very hard to cover, I would know. <laughs> Why does this always come back to betting? This wasn't the NIT game. Mm, if it was mm, an NIT mm. game, he would have been Pete, spot I was thir- 13-2-1 against the spread in the NIT. I owned the NIT. Only person who was really that interested in the NIT. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. But <laughs> I, will say this. <laughs> I will say this. The Conference of Champions came through. Yeah. Uh, Corey, you watched the Women's Championship? What would you think? Nope. Okay, good. Good stuff, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pure value over here. A couple of NBA things I want to talk about that we need to get into. The, the first one maybe we don't even need to get into because I don't even know what to say. What the hell happened to Paul Pierce? <laughs> what was that? What, 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 what could I, – I don't I, – I just – I was lost. It was, it was so odd to see that. It, it weird. Was, it I mean, was very weird. And then the reaction to it by him, just doubling down the next day to just laugh it off and say big things are coming, wait and see. It's like well, I thought there would have been a little bit of I just, hey, listen, I went too hard, had a rough night, bad decisions. And I, I just I'll move on from here, deal with my family and we'll, we'll – you know, I'll, I'll figure out where I go from here, but to just double down on the laugh about it, hey, listen, when you, when you I guess when, when you have the account that Paul Pierce has, I guess, then you feel comfortable in living and doing what you want to do. But that was, for the first time I saw it, I thought somebody had 
put him on Instagram Live. It was somebody right. else filming it. But then when I saw it, I said, this dude did it himself. Yes. Twitter thinks he did it on purpose. That he wanted to be released, to be let go. Well, it was a good way to do it. I mean, if yeah, that's, it was very effective. If, if that's if that's what, he, but to do it that way is just a man's got a family. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, my my old broadcast partner with the Blazers, Steve Jones, would always say, "You've just lost your mind." Yes, yeah. and that was that was pretty much it. He he just, yeah, that it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, if you, if you want to no longer work. There are other ways to do it. <laughs> Man, go in and quit. <laughs> yeah, there is that. The, the letter of resignation usually works. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing, Michael Rappaport. Are you a fan of Michael Rappaport, first of all? Well, listen, I, I told you my story. You have I, to be because you're an NBA guy, and he is the he is the he everyone's favorite party guest well, in the NBA. Well, I told you, my, my, my son and, and his friends saw him in the airport. We were flying in the airport, and they saw him. And they, they wanted to uh, take a picture. And I, I would say I've, I've enjoyed all that he's done. And, and uh, I, I kind of enjoy some of the things you see from him on, on social media. He's going to be a little bit out there with some things. and But uh, they wanted to take a picture with him. And it was cool for them to as excited as they were. But then when they came back like that, he's going to take the picture. He was like, oh, hey, brother. So I was like, I got some cool points with my son and, and, and his friend in that. Michael Rappaport knew who I was. Well, of course he did. He, he's in the NBA. But I still don't know what's going on with him and Durant, though. Corey, you familiar with Michael Rappaport? What, are you a fan? You have to speak. No one can see you shaking your head. <laughs> Is this your first time doing this? <laughs> I need my she doesn't own have her own podcast. I know. I know. She's used to being on camera. Ready to count down. Four, I three, two, go. I read everything. I mean... Right stuff. That I mean, Durant. Durant is such a baby. I mean, Rappaport's yes. Okay. Rappaport is correct. I mean, he is so sensitive, and a baby. He's got the biggest rabbit ears in all of sports. Kevin Durant does, and normally that's reserved for baseball players. But <laughs> Kevin Durant is the worst. I mean, he gets. He is so worried what people say about him, and he was at such a high when mom was the real MVP that the whole world loved him at that point. And now he's just grown into one of the evil people in the league, that the most hated players in the league because people can't stand him now. And I think a lot of it is because he's just so whiny and so such a baby. Pete, your thoughts? <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> what is this, the McLaughlin group? <laughs> Pete, go! Clearly, he has gotten under your skin for, for whatever reason. No, I, it, it, it's funny because sometimes people would, would say that about Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is, I'm not here to follow any narrative. He actually dances away from it, whereas it seems Durant seems to embrace that. And, yeah, it, it, it's pointless. Um, I'm okay with players having opinions and speaking out. But sometimes it's like, no, no, it's too much. And he went from the lovable guy with the Seattle Supersonics to now, we really don't like you very much because you're chasing rings and, you know, you, you yeah, he, he does tend to be on the whiny side, mm. which which clearly bothers you in a big way. It does, because I used to love watching him play. I mean, well, he's I, one of the greatest talents I've ever seen play basketball. Yeah, he's if, amazing, yeah, and I love watching him play. If, if, 
Oh. But if you if you separate the whininess from the play, if you can just appreciate the player, yes. But some of the stuff that he says is like, okay, enough. Just yeah, stop. Brevin, go ahead. I, 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 well, you, you know, for me, I, I, I always I, I take them as two different people. You can always appreciate the player that somebody is. Outside of that, if I don't know you, then I don't really have too much to say about you. So for Kevin Durant, if I see him, we say what's up, that's it. But I don't, I don't know him. The one thing I would say, though, for everyone that is in the spotlight, you're never going to win the back and forth arguments. You're never going to win. And, and you really don't have to worry about what people that don't have an influence on your career or the money that you were going to make in your career, you really don't have to worry about those people. When we're younger, you have that feeling still because you're young and you, you still want to, you, you care about that. But as we get older, you start to care less about that. And you start to, if anything, I, even with people that, that send us mean tweets or whatever, I just like to be almost antagonistic. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't affect me, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to poke you a little more. What else you got for me? Yeah. Because you're not affecting my check. Right. So that, so to me, so anybody, and Michael Rappaport, even somebody that is a, would be a celebrity at some point, still not affecting my check. No. And so you know, if you're not an executive with the Nets, now who can affect your check? Is it 50000 that he got hit by the league? If you're the league or the Brooklyn Nets or whatever one of his endorsements are, if you're not associated with one of them, I don't give a damn what you say. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, all you have to say about KD is this is a guy with a burner account on Twitter so he can troll people who say bad things about him. Seriously, dude? <laughs> who has that much time? Who has that much time is a great question. So I, mean, I say everybody need to pick up the game of golf. Yeah. You don't got enough time to deal with that. But here, here's the beauty. Okay, so Durant, for those who don't know the story, Durant slides in to Rappaport's DMs because Rappaport said he was too sensitive when he talked to Barkley and Shaq and them on TNT. Um, so Durant slides into his DM, starts bad-mouthing his wife, starts using bad language, also tells Rappaport that he's going to meet him somewhere and spit in his face. I mean, just childish, let's go fight somewhere crap. So Rappaport, like he does when anybody trolls him in his DMs, he posts it on social media. Durant ends up getting fined. The next day, Michael Rappaport joined the show Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. Here's, here's Michael Rappaport. Just listen closely and tell me what you think. We'll discuss after this. Here's Rappaport talking to the guys uh, about the situation with Durant and how he feels now. It's been, uh, it's been crazy. Uh, it's been tough. Um, you know, the last few days have been tough, have been crazy. I, I've gone out of the house and I get, you know, sneers and I get finger pointing and, 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 and I don't do good with sneers and snickers. And then I actually uh, went to the, to the dog park with my dog and people that usually, you know, say hello and even play with my dog. They don't want to play, play with my dog, Wheezy. And then, you know, I, I, I went to my coffee shop and they said, uh, not today, cupcake. And it's weird. It's like, why are you? Why are you calling me Cupcake? And then I get online and social media, and, you know, I know I put it out there, but, uh, you know, people online uh, have, have been so, so cruel and, and mean. Okay. All right. So he's, he's about to come to tears talking about this, saying he wish he didn't do it. And then he talks about how his wife 
is really angry because of all the attention. His wife doesn't like all the attention. Uh, so he's not in the doghouse. He's in the alligator pen is what he said. Um, but he just went on and then he was like, all you people who DM me, I don't give a crap about you. I'm pretty much what you were just saying. Brevin. Right. So then Skip, who apparently is not paying attention to this whole interview, because Rappaport went on for six minutes explaining the whole deal. And what a bad dude Durant was. He's like, I don't even know Kevin Durant. I've met him once before. We almost did business together. I don't even know him. And he's saying all these things and how he wants to beat me up and meet me somewhere and saying things about my wife. So then after this long explanation, here's what Skip follows up with. Why then do you think you got shunned by people you know at the dog park and at your um, your coffee shop? That was a joke. Um, <laughs> the man said that was a joke. So, so none of that. None happened. of that was true. His dog Wheezy at the dog park. Everyone was making fun of Wheezy, and no one wanted to play with Wheezy. And the lady at the, at the, at the coffee, coffee shop, shop said, no, "Not no today, cupcake. cupcake." And how the I'm just not someone who likes snickering and sneers and tears. Michael Rappaport's a great actor. That's why he's been in just about everything. He duped those dudes. And then basically came back and just talked about how bad of a person Durant was. So he didn't apologize at all. He apologized that it's turned into what it's turned into. But he was like, no, he, he jumped on my DMs and started talking trash about me. That's what I do. Well, what I'm, what I'm on is... Wheezy, uh, his uh, dog Wheezy. Well, number one, I was going to say it was he a Jefferson fan. It's got to be. That, it's gotta why be, why right? he even came up with that, number one. Number two, like, why did he even go through that whole thing of the fake cry, like changing he, his voice to even, like, why do we even go? Like, here's, this is what I say again. Michael Rappaport has to be doing okay in his life in some way, shape, or form. But he also likes the attention. Sure. And so this, this was a way of getting, the reason why he puts these, uh, the snapshots of what people have said to him in DM, why he puts it out there is because, it causes controversy. Yes. Keeps his name in the news. Yes. And, so, and now he's yeah. doing interviews. Exactly. So it, so to me, it was... It was, uh, it, it, it was and he punked Skip Bayless. I mean, how Child great is that? Well, why shouldn't he? He's a dang on Cowgirls fan. You need to punk him. <laughs> and he Skip just, Bayless anyway. He just looked at the camera all serious. That was a joke. I mean, he almost cried talking about Wheezy as dog at the dog park. That was classic. <laughs> Great Rappaport stuff. Yes. Well, you should know, if you are a good interviewer, that you do not ask a comedian slash actor a, <laughs> a serious question and controversy because you may not get a real answer. That's a, that's a great, great point, Pete. Great point. That's why you're an interviewer. Corey, your thoughts? <laughs> I think the whole thing's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. It, I mean, it really is. I mean, I like his, his movies, sure, and everything, and, and I think that... Having a burner to begin with, right, mm -hmm. uh, for, for KD, you want to control the message. You want to be able to do what you can, sure. But the media is never going to be kind to you. No. Ever again. That's no! Mm -mm. <sighs> He's ruined it for himself. All right. Um, NBA. You want to do a little whip around? Uh-oh, here we go. Um, we saw Minnesota this week. Minnesota, uh, hey, they, they played hard against the Grizzlies. They're just not very good. I, I would just like to see Although the their rookie got a lot better. Anthony Edwards is a different player than what we saw at the beginning of the year. Yes. Um, I, I think that at, at some point in time, you just have to figure out it's the Carl Anthony Towns situation because can you put enough good people around him so when he's doing and getting his numbers, they impact the game? 
because he can get numbers on on any given night because of his talent. Do they have enough around him to be able to say your numbers can be a direct result? Uh, the direct result of our wins are because of your numbers, or are we going to just be bad and keep feeding you the ball, and you'll you'll get numbers but we won't win? And and I think at least they've they're on the track. They got a nice young guy, but. Eventually, you have to start to keep some of this together. Like, the reason why I think some teams in our league are bad for so long is you continue to turn over player after player. And at some point in time, you have to have some nucleus that you then build other parts around. And if they can do that, then they, they, have some, they got some nice pieces that, that can put them in that position. Uh, Pete, your thoughts, Minnesota? Uh, no, I, I mean, I agree with Brevin. I mean, that weekend was a perfect encapsulation because – Towns had two big games against the Grizzlies and against Philadelphia, and they lost both games. Uh, you know, Anthony Edwards, sensational, maybe an outside shot at, at Rookie of the Year. They just don't seem to have a plan with where they want to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan Saunders, nice guy, flips son, apparently not the best coach in the world. Um, they got to have a plan. Uh, you know, people made fun of Mike Heisley years ago, and he said, I've got a five-year plan. The Grizzlies executed the plan and got back to the playoffs. In three years. A three-year plan, I beg your pardon. Um, it was. I think it was a five-year plan, but it happened in three years. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think Minnesota has that plan, um, and and that's why they're they're still struggling. They they need they need more pieces. They've got a couple of pieces, but they got to have something that brings it all together. Road trip's been great for the Grizzlies. They beat Philadelphia. They beat Miami. Two really good defensive teams, um, but the Grizzlies played. I mean, back to back. Arguably, they're two best games this year. Yeah, I think I always say when teams start to get that rhythm where no matter when you step on the floor, you think you're going to win. They had that feeling in the seven-game the seven game uh, streak that where they won, and it looks like they have that same feeling right now. When things seem like they're not going good, they still find a way to make it into a positive. And then they've, they've found a way also to get leads and keep leads. And when teams make a run, they've been able to make a run back themselves. And that was something earlier in the year. They would get up, teams would make their run, and we would go into these lulls of can't get a basket for an extended period of time. Those have been cut down a lot here in the last month or so of the season, which is a credit to, to their work, credit to the coaching staff. They're finding plays, but guys are just playing up to their capabilities, and they're doing it all together. And, and, when, and when you can do that, uh, that that positive vibe. I was I was part of a ten game win streak when I played, and it's just every night you step on the floor, you feel like we're gonna win. It, I don't care who's playing, who's not playing, who we're playing against. You just feel like at the end of the day, it'll be a W for us. Yeah, Grizzlies looked great, Pete. Uh, they look great. Contributions from a lot of different guys. You know, Killian Tilly. You know, after after the disappointment of the championship game, the the former Zag went out and, and played well. I, I just I love Desmond Bain. You know, I, I know Brevin and I are, you know, co-presidents of the Brandon Clark fan club. I want to add Desmond Bain. <laughs> yes. Uh, the kid just knows how to play, and he's hard-nosed, embraces the moment, and, you know, you have two guys that you got in the draft. Remember how many years the Grizzlies went through the draft? They'd draft guys, and they didn't pan out. And I'm, I don't mean didn't pan out with the Grizzlies. I mean didn't pan out in the league. Right. Right. All right? You get two guys that were drafted late in the draft, and both of them are valuable and effective rotational players in Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain. Speaks volumes about the Grizzlies 
player development and their front office for making those picks in the first place. Well, hold on. And we really like Desmond Bain also because he, he wears a fantastic number. Oh. Well, we that, got I that mean, too. That, that dog on 22 that he wears is just what I'm impressed radiant. Is his timing. Right. So, Bain, he, I was, you watch him all the time, right? My favorite part is he has a sense of timing and he allows him a second and a beat and he has two people swing by him. He doesn't care. A lot of rookies rush, rush to shoot, right. rushes because they have mm -hmm. to get it off. He has this internal sense of timing that he just waits that one beat, gets the shot off, and it goes in. And it's fascinating to watch. And it's fascinating to watch it every time the ball leaves his hands. You think it's good. Mm -hmm. You know who else has turned into that? Anthony Melton. Yeah. The, the way the, the release point is always the same. The rotation is impeccable. And you feel like, oh, that's another one that's going down. Yeah. Everyone's kicked up their defense. Oh, it is so awesome yes. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But again, oh. defensive stops now. It's not, yeah. it's not just having to be a turnover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to just be a turnover. It would, for a time, a stretch, it was like the only way we would stop people is if we force a turnover. Now it's they're, they're able to get stuck. Exactly. They're starting to get, they're starting to get defensive stops that culminate in rebounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Corey, start with you. Uh, we're here at an empty arena. Uh, are, are you used to it yet? Working no. inside an empty building? Well, no. But then we have a bunch of people around. We're like, oh, wait, there's people here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're used to a bunch of people, then it's completely empty. Then it went back to having some fans, mm -hmm. right? And so then we're like, oh, we do have other people around. I look forward to next season and having everything full and back to whatever we can get back to. Yeah. Brevin, you used to it yet? Hell no, I'm not used to it. I mean, I'm not used to sitting up here and... Number one, at home games, it's nice to have people around, but we still look through a plexiglass to watch a game. Um, when it's a road game, we're in an empty arena watching it on a TV screen. So I'm not used to it at all. I'm, I'm, I, I think that we have done, and everyone that's, that's having to work under these conditions are trying to do the best job you can do to still bring a great product on a nightly basis. But is it comfortable? No, it's not comfortable because for me, I feed, I feed off the energy of the crowd. Like, when the crowds get going, whether home or away, mm -hmm. when we're away and the opposing team crowds gets going, it's like inside of me it's that little fire, like, we about to shut them up. Let's go. We make our run, make them quiet. When we're here at home to make a run and see everybody, I like just looking around. That's the other thing. When we sit down and there are people here, just to look around and see what people, the, the joy in their faces. If you're on the road, the upsetness of their face because something bad has happened to their team, hopefully in our favor. So, no, I, I, I don't. And, I, and I'll never say that this is a way that I would like to continue to go by any stretch of the imagination. We can't even elbow each other. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. As, right. as a broadcast, we're like, oh, yes, exactly. we're screaming and elbowing everybody. We can't do that. Gotta look around the partition. Hey, was that good? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. No, I am not used to it. Um, yeah, being in an empty building for a road game, you know, when, when we're calling a game, we're looking around at timeouts, we're looking at the huddle, we're looking, we, we may need a clarification from a referee, we can't get that, we can't look into our huddles, figure out what's going on, um, and even in calling the game, so many times you realize now how many times you're looking off the ball for something. And we can't do that anymore because we're totally reliant on whatever camera shot we happen to get. Uh, and sometimes they're really good, and then sometimes, you know, you just you don't see anything. Um, you know, Spolstra got called for a technical last night. I didn't see it, but I heard the whistle and assumed right. that it was a technical foul. Thankfully, I was right with that assumption. But, yeah, you, you miss a lot. You miss the energy of the crowd. And, 
you know, on television, if there's a, a big moment as a play-by-play -play guy, a, a basket goes in at the end of a quarter, goes in at the end of a game, you lay out, you let the crowd be the soundtrack for your call rather than you just going on and on and on. But when you're in an empty building, it, it's, an, it's an entirely different experience. And, and I've said, you know, as play-by-play -play announcers, analysts, reporters, we are reporters. That is what we do. This is like having Edward R. Murrow reporting on the London Blitz from Paris. It, 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 it makes no sense. I mean, I understand. Who? Who's that, Petey? Edward R. Murrow. Hey, look, look it up. Look, look, look it up. <laughs> you got to spell it for me. I know Edward. And then in the next word, you said, Armourow? Armourow. Edward R. Murrow. M-U-R-R-O-W. Oh, okay. R. Murrow. I'm about to say, man, we who? Who's that guy? Eddie Armourow. <laughs> <laughs> Under Armour representative or not? See, I, just, I was trying to make a really, really good point, and it just went, went right. You trying to, right try to make a good point with a jersey guy sitting there? This ain't like that Pranica podcast. Exactly. This, this one. That's what I'm trying to see. Look at that. This one is. Oh this one sometimes just gets off the charts. Um, Brevin Clarice, I'm caught up. I'm very excited about it on the network of the stars, CBS, WREG here locally. In, hey, uh, but is it a uh, shout out? Shout out. Did they just have there? There wasn't a new one last week, was there? The uh, new one. Yeah, has to, I think it was last week. Oh well, you know I got to get back to it. Yeah, you got to get back. That's to my it. girl yeah. there. I'm, I, the I, last, the latest one was where she went over to the district attorneys for uh, or to the attorney generals for dinner. Right, okay. I met with I her daughter. A, I'm watching it tonight. All right, yeah, you I'm watch gonna watch that. Yeah, it's great. That's our show. Corey, favorite show. I got uh, finished off Netflix, Imposters. Imposters? Like, yeah. It's like 2017. It's like a while ago, uh, but there was a good a few seasons. Is Imposters, it good? Yeah, it's really good. Because you recommended. Uh, yes. This, uh, I was going, I was going, Imposters was one that I was going to check it's out. It's a good one. It's good. I like it. All right. It's good. Cool. Just finished it. Pete? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, great show. Shout out Ted Lasso. Is that Such on Apple? A good show. Yes, it is on Apple TV. You know what? I got a, it's an I, Apple original. You know what? I got a, I have a one year free Apple membership that I'm going to use up for one year. And I promise you, you know how they always, they never tell you when the damn month comes around mm -hmm. where you need to cancel. I mark you it on the calendar. Yes, exactly. you, you don't know until you all of a sudden look down and there's that charge on the bill. But I will know that April of 2022, I will cancel. But for, for one year, I'm 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 going to jump on and see what some of these Apple mm -hmm. shows are like. Uh-huh. I got ESPN Plus for the Tigers football game. It was like their third game of the season back in September. Uh, I've paid 6.99 a month since. <laughs> you forgot, forgot. <laughs> and, and just forget it until I see the bill and I'm like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And then next thing you know, a month later. Yeah. And ESPN's Plus like is like if I want to go watch I don't know, La Tech pay, play Radford in <laughs> basketball. I mean, now, if I'm betting it, sure, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sleep on Radford; they're very but, good. But right now, not much to see. Not much to see on the on well, the plus. One of those ones you need to cancel for the seasonal. Yes, exactly. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, the podcast, the Night Court. We thank you for listening to Night Court. Uh, tune in, subscribe, review, tell a neighbor, tell grandma, tell your friends. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Night Court Twenty Two. And uh, you can send in questions that we will uh, answer here on the program as well. If you want to do that, at Night Court 22. You can follow Brevin at Brevin Night 22. You can follow me at The Fish Nation. Pete Pranica, thanks for joining us. You're at Pete Pranica, right? It, it, yes. That's yes, simple. Very straightforward. No numbers. Corey? No numbers. I didn't wear numbers. Uh, C Ventura W-R-E-G. C Ventura W-R-E-G. Corey, thanks. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is our first two guests. This is our first podcast for Corey. Yeah. First, it's our first thanks. two guests. You know, I did my first podcast this week, The Odds Couple on Grind City Media, that I talked wrestling. 
First, thing, first time in 30 years of being a broadcaster that I did a wrestling show. I wish somebody would ask me about a wrestling show. I, I would talk about so many wrestlers that don't wrestle anymore. Who's your favorite? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> see, no, I, I, I mean, even I, from back in people, the day. Well, see, I, I just, I, I like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm -hmm. I like The Rock. Um, see, I was before that, even. Well, see, I mean, if we want to go back to before that, then it's like, I like Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to take it all Solid the way choice. back. I was yeah, a Ric Flair guy growing up. Flair, Harley you remember Race. I, was I mean, whoop. Flair's every generation. I was going to whoop Ric Flair on the pregame yeah, show. Remember yeah, that? Almost, almost. I, I had to get him, between y'all. I, 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 I told I him, I'll be the old man up. You ain't, ain't nothing. Woo all you want. <laughs> One time. I could see the fear in his eyes. Yeah, couldn't you? <laughs> Uh, sort of Corey, favorite wrestler? I mean, I'm not part of that world. Never have been? No. Never? No. Yeah, it was long worlds ago for me. I, I don't know any of the people's names now. I had to look them up. I mean, I had to prep for this show. A wrestling show. For a wrestling show. Yeah. No, it was I, great. Dustin Starr joined us. We had a lot of fun. Know who else I like to? Ultimate Warriors. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. Enjoy WrestleMania this weekend. Who was your favorite wrestler, Pete? Woo. Uh, growing up back in the day, uh, oh, from Milwaukee, The Crusher. The Crusher. I don't know the question. <laughs> Pete, was that was that was was that the WWF wrestler? No, like? no, that was that was the AWA based out of the Twin Cities, hmm. and oh. that was actually it was actually a proving ground for guys would go to the AWA before they would go on to um, you know some of the other promotions. Um, I'm trying to think. A actually, I think um, Hulk Hogan started in really? the AWA. Right. Yeah, I, I don't even know if he was Hulk Hogan at that point. He may have, may have had a different name. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, one yes. of the best. Yeah, he, one he of the was, best. He was good too. Yeah. Anybody that can come out in a dang on kill. <laughs> Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik with those old illegal ass shoes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they let them. Why they let them wrestle with those shoes on? Yeah, it shouldn't. Not supposed to. Um, all right, that does it for us. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it. Uh, for Brevin, I'm Fish. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again next week. This has been Night Court. Talk to you next week. Peace.